turn that dial. You're listening to Cross Defense here at KFUO.org. 8.50 a.m. on the radio dial in the St. Louis metro area. And this is another Monday, whether it's manic for you or not. It is a Monday, and I'm glad you're listening to us. I'm the Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, the host of Cross Defense. And I am the, uh, the newest addition here at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, to the admissions department, where I'm broadcasting out of my office worldwide from Fort Wayne, Indiana, coming to you, and I'm glad you're tuning in so we can have this conversation. we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the imagination, but before we do that, let me remind you why. Every single Monday, I try anyway to remember to say what the idea of this show is. It's all about equipping the mind, exciting the imagination, and comforting the soul with God's Word. And we even go on to say that we have a fierce foe out there, very fierce, the devil. And our only defense against him is Christ on the cross. And so today we're going to talk about imagination. It's one of my favorite topics. It's one of the things I love to hear our guest today actually talk about. He is, uh, in my opinion, the foremost teacher on the area of imagination in our circles. And I just can't wait to get into his head and have him teach us. I'm talking about the Reverend Sam Schulteis. Sam is coming to us from the West Coast. He's up there in the Northwest. Let's uh, welcome him right now. Sam, how are you? Hey, doing well this afternoon, Ty. Great to be on with you this afternoon. It is great to have you. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule there to uh, talk with us about imagination. Glad to. Let's talk about imagination itself. What is, give us, give us sort of a working definition. When we, we use that language of imagination, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's a fantastic question because it, like, like everything or anything in life, we want to, we want to try to define what it is, right? Try to put it in its, you know, kind of put it in our mental categories, right? Uh, so I always start with the definition that C.S. Lewis used. He used the definition of, uh, he said that the imagination is the organ of meaning, Ooh. right? So um, I've always loved that definition. I've been working on trying to Okay, come up with a little bit more detail to that, and, and part of it includes, you know, if the brain right controls and works, uh, you know, functions in the body, right? Thinking, words, thoughts, actions, all of these things, emotions. You know, the imagination is kind of a similar sort of thing, but it, it's it's almost like if you're playing piano, it, it's not the fingers playing the keys, it's it's the thing behind the, the you know, it's it's the brain or is to the brain right, as the hands are, right? But it's mm. it's more than that, right? So it's it, it gives us meaning, right? Or, or it helps interpret meaning, it helps us teach meaning, uh, it helps unpack or um, you know, not just interpret, but also to then kind of enrich it, right, or to fill it too. So it kind of works both ways, right? It's imagination is like uh, like taking into you uh, other things, right? Understanding, interpreting, but it's also it's also teaching, sharing, informing. You know, so s- things like symbol, um, things like um, archetypes, right? Uh, you know, common common symbols, common meanings. The, the imaginations that work behind all that, right? So it's it's the thing that helps interpret. It helps shape. It helps form. It helps create. Right? It's a creative uh, thing. So it's it's sort of the it's sort of the invisible part to the hands, which is kind of a weird thing to say. But um, you know, the hands do the work. But before the hands can do something, 
you have to have to think and imagine it, right? You have yeah, to, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm to liking this picture time, that you right? have of us sitting at the piano. I, I love this picture now. I'm trying to digest this, what you're saying as yeah. a little girl at the piano bench, right, both right. learning the information and what her fingers will do. And then yep. as she's maturing at the, at the keys, then mm -hmm. using that same part of her being to then yep. share the talent with whoever's listening. Right. Right. This is fascinating. You know, and and it's it's more than just the notes on the page, right? Lewis does a similar analogy in uh, Mere Christianity when he's talking about uh, the moral law and the, the natural law that God gives us that you know that we use to determine right or wrong. And I think a similar thing is going on with the imagination. Right? It's not that it's not just the the keys that we're playing on the piano. That imagination is more than that. It's it's the thoughts and the um, emotions and the, the the seeing of things in your again in your mind kind of in your mind's eye right? we talk about that uh, use that language often enough to where it's familiar sure. and, and forming those images and concepts so that they then they come out to the page right or come out to your fingers as you're playing a piano right so it's for Lewis in the the discussion of right or wrong it's it's what's behind the piano player's head that's helping you choose what is right or wrong, right? And that's the law above the law he talks about there. Mm. You know, with imagination, I think it's something kind of similar where it's it's that God-given gift, that ability, that um, you know, that creative work or that creative, again, organ in within us, uh, not like not like your heart, which is where it's kind of strange because it's not an actual organ that you can have surgery on, right, or uh, that you can, you know, resuscitate back to life uh, in the same way like lungs or you know hearts or kidneys or things like that but it's you know it's that part of the brain part of god-given gifts of our of our being uh, that that helps us yeah interpret reality understand reality um that language of organ new, is helpful things yeah yeah so, uh, it, it gives it a tangibleness always, to it there's there's mm -hmm. something this is an actual part of us yeah because it, it's hard our, our imagination is not always tangible in the same way that our that our reason right is not always tangible, but yet we know it's there, right. and not just because I think therefore I I know kind of thing right, or I think therefore I am kind of thing, but you know, there's there's effects to it right. There's cause and effect. I think, and then that translates into actions, and I do. Well, the imagination is behind those thoughts too, right? Um, if I want to, we'll use the Lego example right. If I want to build something out of Lego, I can use instructions sure, but I can also create them in my mind and I can think about them. I can think about what do I want to build? Oh, okay. I want to build right spaceship, right? <laughs> Benny from Lego movie, right? Yeah. So, you know, something like that, right? Or whatever you want to build, you're, you're making a picture in your mind, right? So you're, you're making a mental picture uh, and then you're, you're, you're teaching it or you're, you're putting it out there, right? You're informing somebody else about it. And then, you know, then there's more that happens from there too. Right. Yeah, so then, yeah, that's, that's this idea of imagination. The word is, is embedded right there. The, the, the core word is right there in the bigger word, right? Image. It, yeah, it's the, exactly. It's the picture. It's, it's making you said mental picture pictures. a couple times. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like taking, you know, it's almost like your your imagination is almost like the movie theater in your mind, right? Where you're 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 producing, you're directing, you're writing, you're doing all the things that a that a Hollywood you know celeb is doing, uh, you know a. Um, you know, take your take your favorite director, right? Uh, Steven Spielberg or something like that, right? Or or early George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're doing all that. Your imagination is is doing that in your head, and then it comes then it comes out into something, right? Um, maybe it's a work of art. Maybe it does not look like it did on Pinterest, right? But <laughs> but it's going to be something, right? And that's where you know imagination, like other parts of your body and other parts of your mind can be exercised, can be used, can be, 
uh, trained, right, can be, um, you know, improved upon. You can you can do muscle building, right? You can go to the gym. Uh, I think there's things you can do to to train your imagination. Wow. Right? Um, okay. That sounds like a fun book title, actually. Yeah, I don't does. know yeah. how to train your imagination, right? I mean, that's or there's that book series, How to Train Your Dragon, that made it into a great movie too. Um, but that's kind of the idea, right? Training your 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 imagination on, on just how to how to function and and use it, because we're always using it. Right? And I think we'll probably talk about this at some point. I'm sure. Um, you, you can't help but use your imagination, whether you know it or not. Right? Yeah, there's these. I mean, a, you picture you know like a movie. I love that that image you just put in my brain, right? And then and exactly, you know, we're using our imaginations right now. As you talk, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. envisioning things. You started talking about the, the girl learning the piano and I started, I, I don't know if even you, you even said girl, but I pictured a little girl playing piano, right? That was yeah. what popped in my yeah. brain. Uh, Absolutely. But, but it's not just images too. Uh, you know, I don't know how many times, and this is probably revealing to the listener way more than they want to know about me, but I don't know how many times I've stood in the shower while I'm getting ready in the morning and I'm having a mental dialogue <laughs> in my brain with, uh, oh, yeah. with, People who are not there in the room with me. I'm I'm envisioning or imagining what the conversation should have went like yesterday, or I hope it will go like today. Mm-hmm. These sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, coming up with the words I'll say, or or trying to come up with the music you might hear, or you you're you're trying to oh what was that song? What what was it? Uh, what how did it go? You're right. Yep. You're trying to yep. use yeah. you're using your imagination. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we've all had. Yeah, the the, right, the the back seat or the front seat on the way home from the meeting, uh, kind of, yeah, conversations with yourself, right? Oftentimes it's arguments, right? When you think, <laughs> oh, I should have said that, right? That was a real zinger. I could have got him. But uh, but yeah, we, we we do that all the time, right? We're, we're we're imaging things in our brain, right? We're we're imagining, we're picturing them, and then you know, part of the work of the imagination too is it puts it all together, right? Our 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 brain, our our thoughts, emotions, our feeling, all these things go in together. It's kind of like a big complicated puzzle uh, in some ways too. Right? But And the way we speak, you're right, right? When I say imagine a girl, right, or imagine somebody playing piano, you're going to – your brain is going to automatically go to somebody playing piano, right? right. Maybe it's somebody you know that plays piano, right, uh, you know, friend or – family member or, you know, somebody at the seminary or something like that, right? You're, you're going to start putting pictures to that word, right? And, and words do this too. This is why language is such a beautiful thing and why it can be uh, used in so many good ways, obviously sinful ways too. But I mean, here we're just talking about the good parts of it, right? Um, the, it creates word pictures right, in your in your mind. And that that's good. That's what like, good language should do. Um, so even like math, as you mentioned word, right? So yeah, when you, yeah. early on in math, you, you Two plus two equals four. You have the little two beans, and you put two more mm-hmm. beans with it, and all of a sudden you mm-hmm. have four beans. And that is putting physical, tangible things that the child can see in front of them to help their brain learn how to imagine 375 million plus 374 million, and it equals like you're right. not going to gather that many beans. You're just going <laughs> to do the problem in your in your mind. Hey, we're at the, our first yep. break already. This is a great conversation. We are talking to the Reverend Sam Schulteis. He is an expert, in my opinion, on the topic of imagination, and we're sharing his brilliance with you today. We'll be right back after this first break to talk more about imagination. Don't go away. You're listening to Cross Defense on KFUO.org. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. 
And to do that, Christ confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on kfuo.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Such wonderful things happening here at KFUO.org. I'm glad you were able to hear all about our great programming, the things that you can listen to when you're not listening to me and our guests. We're talking imagination today with Reverend Sam Schulteis. We're wondering, considering, contemplating, meditating upon that organ of meaning, as C.S. Lewis put it. Thanks for teaching us that, Sam, that organ of meaning, giving us something physical to sort of relate imagination to, that it is something we use much like we use an arm or a finger, much like our heart pumps blood through our body. It is, there is cause and effect to it. I'm wondering now, is uh, imagination oftentimes ends up in the realm of childhood? Mm-hmm. We, uh, kids' books, uh, television, cartoons, these sorts of things. It's clearly the realm of imagination. Mm-hmm. Is imagination Definitely. just for children or yeah, is it for question. adults too? Right. So, yeah, I mean, the short answer is no, it's not just for children. <laughs> it absolutely is for adults too. But we do this sometimes. Don't we? And I think, I mean, parents, we often catch ourselves. I know I have uh, saying things like, oh, you know, it's really sad when, when our children start losing their imagination. Right? Uh, what we mean by that is maybe they don't play the same way with, you know, Barbies or Lego people or their trucks or their G.I. Joes or whatever it is they play with. Right? Maybe they don't play with it the same way that they did when they were four or five or six or, or whatever it is. Right? Their, their way of playing um, changes. Maybe they don't talk out loud anymore uh, and make stories up um, out loud for the rest of the house to hear, which is adorable and wonderful, <laughs> by the way. Um, maybe they're doing it in their head. Chances are they are. I mean, I don't, anecdotally anyway, I remember doing that for the longest time, um, probably even you know into upper elementary, even into high school, just messing with Legos. Sort of, you know, you have this dialogue, sort of like you will with yourself in the car after an interview, or you know, <laughs> or in the shower or whatever, right? Uh, you're going to do that with things in your brain too, and you know. Sometimes you'll talk out loud and you know, oh, I'm just talking to myself, right? But I mean, so yeah, children do that. And I think maybe we should, maybe we should work at correcting ourselves and say, you know, children don't lose their imagination. Now, I think you can, I think you can, as you grow up, you can bury your imagination, right? Or you can not use it as well, like muscles, right? To talk about kind of the first segment we were talking about earlier. If you stop using your muscles as much, they're going to get kind of weak and maybe flabby. And, you know, I think our imaginations can do the same thing, but I don't think you ever lose your imagination. I think you always have it. It's just a matter of whether you know you're using it or not and what you're using it for or, you know, sort of being cognizant of that, right? Being aware of that. Um, so I, yeah, adults, in fact, you have to use your imagination, right? You mentioned mathematics before, um, you know, you, any mathematician, um, has to use their imagination. Engineers, right? Computer uh, programmers, airline pilots, right? Teachers, doctors, nurses, right? Even you know, even the guys sweeping the stuff out of the garbage. Right? You have to use your imagination for anything and everything you do. Now, it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? And so, 
to be, I think part of it is, oh, once you realize that, I think, yeah, I am using my imagination. You know, it's sometimes it's like thinking. You don't always realize you're thinking until you're thinking, right? <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> that's why we tell and remind kids, think before you act or say something, right? Well, think and imagine before you imagine, right? because you're, you're doing it all the time. Um, just being aware of that is, I think, helpful, knowing that yeah, that, in fact, is going on. And then you can and again, you can work at that, right? You can you can train that. You can you can build up your you know, your imagination muscles. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was correct me if I'm wrong, but so in all these different realms, all these different occupations, vocations, these ways we we use our talents and our skills, imagination is an integral part, and perhaps yeah, that's absolutely. the thing that separates uh, doing our our duties, our work, our daily work well and not well. You know, if I'm an architect and I can imagine what the building will look like and then put in to place all the other things I know I have to do in my architectural mm -hmm. job. I can mm -hmm. then, the better I get at it, the more I can actually master the skills of, of making the thing that's in my head. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, I know this, like when I, my plan around with YouTube and video work, I've come across so many different YouTube videos that talk about, you know, when you're making these videos, you, you think you know what you want the video to look like and you get frustrated after the first time you make a video and it doesn't look as sharp and as, as professional yeah. as the other guy. Well, <laughs> you've never used those skills before. You have something in your brain. You have something in your imagination. You would like to see it come to life, but your, your actual talent is not up to your imagination's scope. Right. You can imagine yep. far better than you can actually create. So then the job for the, you know, the movie maker or the photographer or the, the author is mastering the physical skill that enables you to bring your mm -hmm. imagination to life in the way absolutely. you thought it should be. You know, Michael yeah, Bay, absolutely. Michael Bay did never, he's never, ever seen an actual transformer. Never. Right. right. Nope. Yeah. Because they, they don't exist. Right, but we right, exactly. But we all know his imagination and what was going on in his head, mm -hmm. and all the other mm -hmm. team of artists and illustrators and people, um, because their skill level is up to par with their imagination. That's yeah, interesting. Absolutely, that's, that's brilliant. Actually, so you can't lose your imagination. It can atrophy, right? You, yeah, it, it right, can grow yeah. weak. Um, and so, so someone says. But Pastor Pastor Schultz, I don't have much of an imagination. I didn't lose it. I just don't have much. Mm -hmm. What what would you tell them if that I don't know anybody who's going to walk into your office and say this. sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. if someone's I, like I really want to sharpen my imagination skills what would you tell right. them what do you do yeah I think that's a good question I mean part of it is just kind of getting to know the person a little bit it's just yeah you know just a few quick questions like okay. sort of uh you know a lot of people would I think and I've had this conversation too because they'll like they'll maybe they'll look at a piece of artwork you know, or something like that and say, oh, I could never do that. I'm, I'm not nearly creative or imaginative enough right, to do that kind of thing. Okay, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I, I don't I don't really know. I mean that's that's not that's not the point, I think. Uh, rather, maybe the point is, well, what what do you like doing? Right? What are you, you know, just in terms of just start general, right? What hobbies, what interests, what things do you like doing? Do you like reading? Okay, read, read more because if you read good books, they're going to be they're going to become a part of you, right? You are what you eat. Parents used mm -hmm. to say. Well, books are the same way too, right? Um, you are what you put into your mind uh, with with books, and you know, good imaginative books 
are going to fill your imagination. It's just, you know, it's like eating good food. It's going to help you, right? Um, you know, conversely, right, putting bad things into your brain, <laughs> bad books, right, is eventually going to going to be bad for you. If you same thing, oh. if you ate a quarter pounder of cheese every day, kind of thing too, right? Yeah. And there, uh, there we so go again. again. We're back to the tangible. The imagination is actually something yeah. that is shaped and formed and has consequences and just Absolutely. like, you know, bad eating habits. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's a very, even, even though it's, even though you can't touch it, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like the wind, I guess, right. Even though you can't touch it, you can, you can see its effects and you can see, you know, when it's not as much too. So yeah, for, for whatever people or whenever people are asking, well, what can I do to work on my imagination skills or things like that? Well, pick something you like doing and, 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 and do it right. If it's, if it's writing, just write, you, you may not be the next Stephen King, but you know, 99% of people who pick up a pen and aren't, and that's okay. You are, right? You are you. You do what you do what you you like, right? Obviously, within the realm of, right? This is God pleasing, right? This is ah, um, yeah. God edifying, right? This is good, going to be good for my neighbor, um, good for me as well, right? So, you know, I'm not talking about crazy destructive things here, um, <laughs> but you know. Good, good things, right? Things that promote, um, you know, the, the classic three things, right? Truth, goodness, beauty, right? Uh, those kinds of things, right? That's that's what I'm I kind of have in mind. You know, some people, um, you know, a, a lot of churches, I'm sure, uh, churches you've been involved with too. They, maybe they have a sewing group or something like that. Like that that may not seem like you're using your imagination, but I tell you, you look at those quilts that the ladies do at the end of it. You better believe they're using their <laughs> imagination, right? Or or some of our members, uh, we we have one in particular. She makes uh, killer homemade pies, right? It takes imagination to bake, right? Mm. To cook. Because you're creating something, and you have an idea about it in your head and on the on the page of the recipe, but to do that, you've got to you've got to do that. Or maybe it's serving, right? A lot of people like to help serve others. Um, we had a little trustees work party, um, just a short little thing, cleaning up some debris out on the backside of our property this weekend. And you know, there's a bunch of guys, right? We had a tractor, we got a wood chipper, we had chainsaws, we had all sorts of fun stuff. It was it was Tim the Toolman Taylor's <laughs> dream come true. Oh, right? <laughs> but we all, in some way, had to use our imagination to help do that thing, right? to do that job, to do those yeah. many different little jobs, uh, to get the debris from one pile to a pile of wood chips. Right? Um, so I, I really don't. Uh, you know, I would never say this this crassly, right, to somebody. But it's like, yeah, you do. You have an imagination, and you use it. Maybe you just don't know it, right? It's like you, you always do it. Yeah. You know, it, and that's that's part of the point, right? Just. Kind of part of it again. Part of it is being aware. All right, yeah, I do have this gift from God, and oh yeah, there are some things. And it, oftentimes it's really rather ordinary, right? It, it looks like a work, a church work party, or a quilting party, or a bell choir, or you know, walking down the walking down the street in your neighborhood with your family or your dog, or you know, whatever it is. It's it's not always the big extraordinary extravagant kind of thing. Um, our imagination is doing lots of small little things too, right? This is kind of how God works. Right? It works with the little ordinary everyday stuff of life. And the imagination is no different. So is the, are we the product of God's imagination? I think so. I think it's safe to say that. I think we could say that. Right? And then as I mean, we... look, at Gen, look at the book of Genesis, right? Yeah. You, you can, we don't get the whole thought process or picture, but I mean, you, you read Genesis and Yes, it's true. Yes, it's historical, but it's also imaginative too. Right? And you can't separate the two either, because God does some of His best history and best work in bringing right His images, uh, especially the image of His own Son, right, to use the language of the incarnation, um, into creation. Right? He, he 
gives us a real flesh and blood savior in the God man Jesus. Um, and creation is no different either. It's it's God's word and God's blessing, His creative word that creates, and you know, boom, out of nothing, right? <laughs> That's one of the big differences, maybe, is between God's imagination and ours. Is He can create out of nothing. We take all the things that He's already created and given us, and we put them together in different ways, right? The artist uh, paints or sculpts or makes metal, you know, metal configurations with a welder or whatever it is, right? Or Lego pieces. Right? <laughs> right? Uh, the writer uses words. Yeah, right? yeah. The playwright uses characters and actors and actresses, right? Um, you know, theology professors right? study Greek and Hebrew and systematics and history. Um, whatever the art form is, and everything. You know, music too, right? Uh, those are all – we're already – we're working with the raw material that God has given us. We're not coming up with the material on our own. Right? So in one way, I guess we're all plagiarizing God, which is good because that's the way <laughs> it should be. It. Yeah. <laughs> plagiarizing God. If you're going to plagiarize someone, he's the guy to, to plagiarize. That's the way to go, yeah, right? Yeah, it's, go. Uh, all, all theology really ends up – all good theology should be plagiarism anyway. So There you <laughs> go. So I'm trying to think yeah. this through. I'm trying to use my imagination and, and sure. keep it bound yeah. to – biblical truth and so god out of nothing creates an image of himself we are made in the image of god right, right? Yeah. Uh, and then that image gets broken by man we 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 distort the image we we break this beautiful painting that god made this sculpture uh, out of the out of the clay out of the dust of the of the ground and now we though still we have the ability to to create as as tolkien would call it subcreate right creating out of that exactly. which has already yeah. been created and mm -hmm. and our creation is then what can lead to false religion, false sure. understandings, as we start sure. to form gods after our image. And again, I'm trying to use this language of image and imagination on purpose. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. God imaged us, and now in our sinfulness, we tend to image our own God. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. After the fall and sin, right, you, you, we see this not just with... The imagination, but with every part of right, with every every fiber of our sinful fallen being is affected by the fall. Right? So deep is our corruption, right? Uh, sin held its way unceasing, right? The, the old Reformation hymn says, and that's true of everything, right? Our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, and our imagination too, right? So the Christian has this strange sort of. Uh, you know, juxtaposition, right? The strange civil war within us where not only are our actions, our thoughts, our words and deeds, both, right? We're, we're sinner and saint at the same time the scripture talks about. Well, that that kind of that cuts down, that division cuts down to everything within us, right? So when we uh, live uh, our life and our vocations, right? We do that as saint and sinner. Uh, when we use our imaginations, we do so as saint and sinner, right? Uh, we, we do that both. So our imagination is yeah, it can be both God glorifying and serving the neighbor and praising him, but it can also, right, it can also be deadly and terrible, right? I mean, the epistle of James is filled with some really imaginative ways, right? The tongue is like setting, you know, like a spark that can set apart a whole forest on fire, right? Or a small rudder of a ship that can steer just, you know, in immense, massive ways. Um, but again, the imagination can also, um, you know, be used like by the gospel writers to talk about, uh, you know, talk about a glorious city of God and a lamb, you know, on the throne and a city that has no lights. Uh, so God, God certainly uses our imagination for many, many, many good things. And I think the, the good things, right, because he is God and because he is gracious, they far outweigh the bad. But we should not ignore the fact that 
our imagination, like the rest of our sinful fallen nature, can also do some horrible sinful bad things too, right? You can imagine sure. good things just as well as you can imagine bad things, and you know that's where that that's where that right simul justus et peccat, right? Simultaneously saint and sinner, um, kind of it cuts through right? it cuts through the heart of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hearing two things. We before we went. Well, back in the first segment, I heard you mention mm -hmm. that imag our imagination is a gift from God. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about that. And then, and also I want to follow up with this idea that the imagination can be, uh, because of our saint and sinnerness, it can be used in the saintly way and it can be used as the sinner's device. So yeah. let's talk, we got about two minutes and then we're gonna go to our next sure. break, but let's start this conversation. So a gift from God, this is part of, yeah. this is one of God's gifts to us. Tell us more. I think so. Yeah. I, so one of the places I love to, to show that this is happening or this is going, a uh, little dust off your catechism real quick, right? So <laughs> explanation of the first article of the creed, right? Uh, you know, God, the father almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Right? I, I believe in this, this kind of thing. Um, but right, Luther explains this in a, I think a really helpful way that touches on this question of imagination. I believe that God has made me and all creatures. He has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of them. Now, he doesn't use the word imagination explicitly there. I think it's buried within a couple of things. Right? It's part of, well, I think it's it's even behind sort of, it's the thing that connects all of our reason and thinking together, right? Because in order to think, you have to use your imagination, right? But it's part of our, it's really, it's part of our reason and all our senses, all my members, right? Um, back to that organ language, right? It's part of who we are, our imagination. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think we see it in the first article of creation there in the creed. I think we, when we talk about gifts of daily bread, God's daily provision, if we look at the fourth petition, right, of the Lord's Prayer, um, you, you certainly see it at use in, well, if you take any biblical writer, right, any of the gospel writers, St. Paul, any of the prophets or Moses, uh, God uses their imagination to write Holy Scripture, right, uh, because he does it both as God's word, but also as a very real creaturely thing, right? Hebrew, Greek, language, verbs, nouns, adjectives, all those things, sentence structure, you know, all those things he uses then to to give us his promises, right? Um, so yeah, imagination is, it's, it's, just, it's built in, right? We're hardwired this way. God has created us to be imaginative, um, creative, right? to use Tolkien's word there again, sub-creative beings, right, who create after the image that we're made in. Right? We, we, we are we kind of make by the law in which we are made, is how he put it in one of his um, essays or, or poems. Excellent. All right. Well, let's let's stop right there because we got a yeah. lot more to talk about. We got another segment to come after this break. You're listening to Cross Defense here at KFUO.org. In 1924, by the grace of God, KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you. A long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Blessed Savior Lutheran Church at 8 a.m. and Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fenton at 10.30, as well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 9.30. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO.
The Manic Monday is not over yet, and even this Manic Hour is not quite over yet. We got another segment to talk with our guest, the Reverend Sam Schulteis, an expert in the imagination of all things that deal with using this organ of meaning, this tool that we do not want to atrophy, we do not want to grow weak, that we want to realize we have and work out. We want to uh, lift the weights of the imagination so that we're strong. We're not just walking around, you know, someone says, I don't have muscles. Well, yes, you do. I just can't see them because you haven't worked them out. <laughs> so we're going to make sure we can see your imagination and you can see it for yourself. Before the break, we were talking about how the imagination is a gift from God. And thank you, Pastor Schulteis, for taking us to the catechism and showing us how it's right there in our confession, in the creed there, that it's tucked in with reason and all of our senses and our members. And it's part of what is holding all that together and enabling us to communicate, enabling us to be able to to reason and to imagine and to learn and to teach and to share, as we talked about in the first segment. It's, it's that thing that's doing all of that. And so that makes me wonder, is imagination inherently connected to words and the word? Is it mm-hmm. something that comes with communication and the mm-hmm. learning of truth and this sort of thing? Or am I just kind of going too far off a deep end? <laughs> no, no, no. I think you're right. I think you're onto it because, you know, for at least for human beings, right, um, to borrow some things from the sci-fi and comic book world, um, we can't communicate telepathically, right? <laughs> we're not <laughs> Professor X. Um, we're not, doc, you know, we're not Mr. Spock. Uh, we can't do these things by putting our hands on somebody in a temple and saying, oh, yeah, okay, this is what they know <laughs> and this is what they think. Or, you know, we can't go in Cerebro and uh, and find out all the people that are using their imagination uh, kind of thing. <laughs> so how do we do that? Well, yeah, God has given us, thankfully, a lot of ways to do that, right, to sort of um, well, to, to share what is in our imagination imagination with others in different ways, right? Um, you know, we mentioned music, we mentioned art, literature, right? But, but just speaking, right? Talking, a normal everyday conversation. Uh, one of the classic examples I kind of like to think of with this that comes to mind is that, you know, when you when you come home from school or maybe on the way home from school, usually you end up asking your kids a few simple questions like, oh, how was your day? Right? What did you do at recess? Or what was good about today? Or, you know, some different questions, just not yes and no kinds of things, right? You, you want to try to get them talking about their day because what you want them to do is you want them to tell you a story. You want them to tell a story about what their day was. And sometimes it's eh, fine, right? It's, it's, it's a one word kind of thing, <laughs> but we, we are, we are communicative people, right? Because God himself, again, kind of like we are imaginative people because God himself is kind of the chief imagination uh, sort of center, right? Hub, right? Disney uses the, uh, the word imagineers. I kind of like that word. Yeah. It's um, a great word. Cause I think that's how, that's how God does things. Right? He imagineers, but he also speaks, right? And his word is what does the job, right? When he says, let there be light, there's light. Um, and the most marvelous thing of all comes and takes place when the word himself, right? The word of God that was before all time in existence from all eternity, he takes on human flesh and becomes incarnate, right? He becomes human flesh with us. He becomes one with man. Um, we confess it every week in the creed, but what a, I mean, next time you confess the creed, just think about how how rich and imaginative that creed is in just taking all of scripture and packing it down into one short little confession that we say, but oh boy, there's a ton of stuff going on there, right? There's a, yeah. there's a lot of God's work and his promises, his creative 
communication to us, right? So yeah, he he you know he communicates to us in words, and I think in turn that's how we it's one of the best ways we communicate with one another. And of course that fails and breaks down too because we're sinful. But when it comes to right, the Christian life and the Christian imagination and Christian communication, right? As as dealing with one another, uh, we're baptized, right? We're uh, our life, our imagination, our our language is also sanctified and redeemed uh, from its sinful corruption, right? All because of what Christ did for us on the cross. All because the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. Right? Um, and I think that's it, sometimes it's easy to get lost with that, right? We just think about communicating, we think about talking, or we think about all these things, but we we don't always take that next step back and go, yeah, wait, there's a creative Word, right? That is behind all of this Word, right? And and right. It, this Word looks like the God-man Jesus, right? And that's not hard to imagine either, right? There was a few weeks ago, I think, was it some Dutch uh, or somebody over in, in Western Europe right, put together a picture of what they thought Jesus might have looked like. Oh, I missed it. around on Facebook a little bit. It okay. was kind of interesting. I'll have to try back and look that up again. It just He looked like kind of your typical Palestinian Jew in the first century. Right? He, did, he looked he looked pretty ordinary, and he looked like he had a kind of a smile-friendly face on. But that was a really clever, you know, whether that he looked exactly like that or not, that's not the point. Right? The point is that that's we should imagine him as a real person being because he really is, right? Not just in our imaginations, right, but also in in real time, right? In in history, right? in uh, well, in the fullness of time, right? In the days when Caesar was Augustus and Quirinius was uh, was uh, governor of Syria, right? Uh, so, in, so not only is God, so God takes on human flesh the word that we cannot see or touch necessarily that's sort of itself intangible ish um though we speak it and we hear it and when you say you know the word red i hear the word red mm -hmm. i don't hear the word blue and so there's a there's a commonality mm -hmm. so the word takes mm -hmm. on flesh so that we can see him and receive him and know him and 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 be a part of of who he is but then he also uses words mm-hmm to further communicate more about himself, to reveal who he is and, yep. and to reveal yep. how he does what he does and why he's done everything for us on the cross and all this, all this wonderful stuff. Is there anywhere in Scripture where we see the ex explicit use of imagination, where, where we see mm. that, not, you know, we see this in action? Sure, sure. I mean, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of examples. We talked about Genesis right, before, right? right? I think anytime you go to the Old Testament, you're going to find it there, right? The language of the Psalms okay. uh, is replete with the use of the imagination. You, that's why the Psalms, I think, are so well loved by by Christians. And you know, is this part past, of poetry? Present, is this at the core of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you know, the narratives of Scripture, Old and New Testament, are are just filled with the use of imagination, and it helps to use your imagination to read them too. So there's another way we were talking about a little while ago about how how do I train my imagination, Pastor? Right? Or what are some things I can do? Just read the Gospels, right? And, and start from one end of John or Mark or Luke or Matthew or whatever, and, and go to the end, or take little bits at a time and. Imagine yourself right in the place of the disciples or something like that, right? Put yourself in the story because that's how it's we're supposed to read that, right? I mean, there, yeah, the old old and New Testament. There's tons of examples. I think one of my favorite recently, and maybe I don't know what 
you know, what series lectionary that, uh, you know, different listeners have different congregations, maybe one year, maybe three year, no matter what lectionary system you're on, you're going to come up with Jesus parables at some point. Right? Oh, yeah. And Jesus parables are, are just a fantastic source of, of many things, right? It's rich theology. It's full of God's mercy and grace. It's full of Jesus crucified and risen at the center of it all. Um, and it's also full of God's gift of the imagination, right? So we see our Lord himself, you know, he doesn't use the word imagination, but he'll, he'll start off like the gospel reading yesterday did, uh, Matthew 21, hear another parable, right? And then he launches into a story, right? And he tells this, he tells this story to these, to the Pharisees and the chief priests that are gathered around him and they get it, right? <laughs> That's why they're so torqued out at him at the end of it, because <laughs> they understand exactly the, you know, the point of that parable that uh, was yesterday was the wicked tenants of the, of the vineyard. And he was comparing them, the religious leaders, uh, to the wicked tenants uh, of the vineyard, and he was comparing himself to the son that was going to be killed, and that was going to happen later on, you know, in Holy Week, uh, as that was part of the context there. So, yeah, we, we see God himself in the flesh using parables and teaching, using stories and using his imagination. So I think if there's a biblical example, I mean, there's a ton of stuff, right? It's all over the place from Genesis to Revelation, but our Lord himself uses his imagination, uh, in service of the kingdom of heaven, right? Every parable, every parable, uh, even his even his discourses, you know, Sermon on the Mount and so forth, he's still causing us and use, uh, inviting us uh, to use our imagination to listen to his teaching, right? Because um, you you have to 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 communicate. I, that's part of communication too, right? Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's been fun the last few months uh, going through the Gospel of Matthew in the three year series. We're in series A, and so. It feels like we've had just kind of one parable after another, and for me, I, I love that. I, I think that's great. I, I could spend, I could probably spend every Sunday preaching on the parables, just because there's so much. You could even go with the same story, and you could pull out. There's just so much there that our Lord gives us. You could never exhaust it in one sermon, you know, or even one year. You could, you could probably preach a whole year on a parable. Now, people might get bored. You, you might want to switch it up a little bit, but. <laughs> well, this I, sounds I, like that, we just nailed why, the why of. Why you wouldn't want your imagination to grow weak, to atrophy. Because if, if Scripture is just full of stories, imagination, the teaching through language that makes you think and imagine in your brain what's happening, mm -hmm. you yeah. want to have a pretty strong organ of meaning. You mm -hmm. want to... Yeah, you, you want to picture those things. Yeah, mm -hmm. because if you exactly. don't... What's what's the uh, what's the danger from a theological yeah. biblical pastoral pastor Schulteis? What's the yeah. danger of of a parishioner, a Christian, with a weak imagination when it comes to the, them approaching Scripture? Yeah, I think it's the same as it's similar to the reason why we want our children to to grow up and learn and hear and study and kind of grow. Like the old prayer says, right? We want to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's holy word, right? And the imagination is God's gift to help facilitate in that, right? And so if we, you know, if we neglect, I think, our use of imagination in reading the scriptures, it's kind of similar to when we just neglect reading the scriptures in general, right? We're not, we're not. We're not eating the, you know, the the food that God gives us, his daily bread, right, the word, um, in the way that he wants us to, I think. Right? So um, take what kind of a quick example that comes to mind with that, right? John 1, verse 29, when John the Baptist 
talking about Jesus. He says, right, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right? Now, there's a lot of things we have to unpack with that, right? That's, that, there's a whole other sermon series, right? <laughs> Boom. Uh, but, uh, you know, you have to understand what a lamb is, right? And so you're picturing a lamb. You know, how is Jesus a lamb, right? And then you got to go back to the Old Testament, and you've got to talk about sacrifices, right? And the, the lamb that was the Passover lamb, whose blood shed, covered the Israelites from sin and redeemed them in the tabernacle and the temple, brought atonement and forgiveness of sins. And those lambs all pointed down to Christ, who is the Lamb of the God, uh, Lamb of God, who's going to go to the cross, right? And be the ultimate one-time, uh, once and for all, end sacrifice uh, to bring all that to completion and fulfillment. And John does it right beautifully um, in in word pictures. Right? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He he gives us imagination and theology all at the same time. It's kind of a I think it's it's beautiful. It's remarkable. Something that has the you know I think imagination when it's used in these good ways, right? You you see the hand of God in it, right? just like you would say. Uh, the same thing about a beautiful sunset, right, or a beautiful ocean landscape. Yeah, is it perfect? No, right. But we do have the image of God Himself, uh, the Word made flesh, who's come in the flesh, right, to redeem and save not only our body and soul, but I think we we ought to throw in our imagination in that too, right, oh. to redeem and sanctify us, and then that uh, then our imagination becomes not just a tool that we. Are, use, are using, right, to, to receive God's word and to interpret and help give meaning and all these things. But then we're using our imagination to serve our neighbors too. Mm. Because we're going to be doing that too. Anytime you want to help and serve your neighbor, oh, you're, you're trying to think of ways, right? Uh, oh, yeah, my, I, I think, uh, right, Mabel next door, uh, she's been lonely with, with COVID going on. Maybe I should give her a phone call. You're using your imagination doing that. Again, a lot of times you're doing these kinds of things without even realizing you're doing it. Right? Right. You know, it's sort of like Jesus' parable about the good works, right? And the, the sheep. Uh, he said, well, yeah, you you were given clothing to those naked people, and you were giving food to those who are hungry, and you were visiting them in prison. What? We were, Lord? I, never, <laughs> I don't remember doing that. Well, no, of course you were, right? You did it to the least of these, my brothers, right? You did it to me. Um, yeah. Imagination kind of works the same way. It's sort of uh, it's it's seen, but not always right. Not always heard, right? Or kind of the, its effects are heard, but you don't always you don't always see it. Is happening. there a time to use it more um, than not? Is there a time where it's it's more value to us than others? Yeah, that's a good question too. I think. I mean, I think the the short right, the Sunday school answer is well, yeah, it's always valuable, right? <laughs> but but I mean, I think i've noticed this more the last you know since march especially you know when when lockdown started happening uh when you know it, when it felt like for a long time right, the whole world just kind of was standing still right? and you know dark times gone you turn on the news and there your imagination is being bombarded with you know pictures of violence pictures of murder uh hatred uh you know political rancor on all sides just it, it's it's ugly right watching the news is ugly and uh, so it's easy to get your imagination kind of bogged down or sort of mired down in the, the mud of the fallen world, right? in the, sort of in the sinful muck of it all. Um, and I, I think that's where the good use of the imagination, right? Reading the scriptures and also reading just good literature or storytelling or art or music or you know, whatever it is that's going to fill your imagination with goodness, truth, and beauty, right? Those things can be kind of like a, like a lighthouse in the midst of a storm, right? Mm. Um, you know, a, a good story um, can remind you that there's hope, right? Uh, and not just hope in, the, in that book, but that it's going to point to hope outside of, you know, outside of that book in real life, right? Um, 
I think uh, the, the movie of Lord of the Rings, right towards the end, Samwise and Frodo are uh, right. They're on the they're kind of near the cracks of Mount Doom, and they're they're lamenting the situation they find themselves in. Right, they're lamenting that they're in this dark, dusty, you know, ugh, world, <laughs> and they're they they're almost they're pretty much hopeless right at that point. Uh, but Samwise, my favorite character of Lord of the Rings. Um, for probably obvious reasons and lots of others, but <laughs> uh, Samwise says, you know, it's like we're in the good stories, right? And the, the good stories never end. And, you know, there's there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for, he goes on to say in the, in the movie. That, that quote wasn't from the book itself, but it does really capture um, Samwise's, his his hope beyond hope kind of attitude. Sure, sure. Uh, that it is there. And, and I think for Christians, we need that, right? We need... We need something that gives us hope, and of course we have that in Christ. Right? We have that in his word. We have that in his promises, and his gift of the imagination can help illuminate that hope right? or help kind of – you know, like a spotlight, right? shine a light onto his word of hope in you know, really dark, tough times. Um, and I think that's why some of the best books come out of tough times. Right? Some of the best hymns in our hymnal have come out of pastors and uh, Christians who have struggled horrendously, and they've written a beautiful hymn, right? Um, or, you know, to use our favorite, one of our favorite examples, Lewis and Tolkien both fought in World War One. Right. Horrific, right? Terrible, unimaginable things, and yet out of that, out of their life experience in the trenches, and in that bloody mess, comes two of yeah. the most beautiful series of books ever written. Right. You know, outside of the scriptures, right? That's right. Uh, in terms of fiction and literature and fantasy and providing hope and providing Christian symbols and meaning and um, you know, rich in rich in good news and hope and comfort. I, those two, right, especially Lord of the Rings in terms of fantasy, right? Those are those that's the gold standard. Yeah, it doesn't get right. better than that. And everybody since Tolkien has been co copying Tolkien. And <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> Pastor Schulteis, thank you so much for spending this last hour with us. Oh, uh, glad to. It's been can a you joy. Tell, I, I failed as a host. I failed. Tell us where you're at and where people can find you if uh, they'd like to join you on Sunday morning. Yeah, so uh, we're we're in Milton, Washington, um, kind of a South Puget Sound area, just a little bit east of Tacoma, kind of tucked away in the hills here, smaller town, um, not urban, not suburban, kind of. It's kind of a fun place. Uh, you can you can ride your bike five minutes one way and be in cow pastures. What's the name of the and church? You can ride uh, beautiful Savior Lutheran Church. Beautiful here. Savior Lutheran and, Church. Yeah, and we're on Facebook. We do our services Facebook Live right now with some folks being, um, you know, at home still. Some folks being able to be back in person, thankfully. Excellent. But um, yeah, if anybody's ever in the Milton, uh, South Puget Sound, Tacoma area, we'd love to have you visit. Great. Well, all right, guys, you heard where he's at, and thank you so much, Sam, for being on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, a lot of fun. Look forward to it. We'll talk to you guys. Next week, right here, Cross Defense, KFUO.org. Take care. Defense is a production of KFUO Radio.
Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at KFUO.org.